most holy and all-wise Father. It's once more and again that your children have gathered in this sacred place. Yes, Lord. In this place that you deem to call redeeming love. Yes, Lord. Where we revel in your love all the time. Yes. Where we revel in your grace and your mercy all the time. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for not only our making Jesus our choice, but I thank you, Lord God, for choosing us. Yes, yes. I thank you because you said in your word, I have chosen you. You have not really chosen me. So, Lord, in faith, I sit down. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, you know how much I lean and depend on you. Yes, Because I would not dare to do this if I did not know that you were in charge. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So, in faith, I sit down. Mm. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming in and doing what only you can do. Yes. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says, Amen. 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 Uh, Desi, my glasses again, which is not going to really help me too much. <laughs> if you'll turn, turn in your Bibles to John, thank you, my love, John 21. We're going to look at verses 15 to 17 only. John 21, the Gospel of John, the 21st chapter. We're going to look at verses 15 to 17 only. When you have it, speak to me, Lord. <laughs> Okay, I think some people, everybody got it? When they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, Son of John, do you love me? <laughs> Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love him? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Resurrection Sunday has come and gone. The disciples have gone from despair to unspeakable joy and now to confusion. They have seen our resurrected Lord one or two times before, but the problem is they don't know what they're supposed to do now. 
they're kind of in a state of confusion because when Jesus showed himself to them before, his primary purpose was to show them and reveal to them that with a shadow of a, without a shadow of a, of a doubt that he was alive and well. So he didn't really give them any instructions. So they're in kind of a flux. They, they don't know which way to turn. So because they're kind of in a state of confusion, Peter, being Peter, he got a little frustrated. And he decided he was going fishing. I, I waited for Jesus long enough to come back again, and he hasn't come and given us any more instructions. So I'm going fishing. And Scripture says that the other disciples decided they were going to go fishing with them. And scripture tells us, if you read the whole text, that they fished all night, but they didn't catch a thing. <laughs> and just as a little side note, I need to let you know that when you're waiting for God to give you instructions, uh -huh. when you're waiting for God to give you directions, mm -hmm. don't just get up and do anything just to be doing something. Amen. Because the anything is not going to be prosperous. Amen. God said they fished fish all night long, but they didn't catch anything. So now it's morning time. And as they're in the boat and the sun is rising and so forth, and they're making preparations to get ready to go back to the shore empty-handed, and they look up and they see a man standing on the seashore. And he says to them, he yells, you got anything to eat? Well, they didn't recognize him. And they say, no, we, we fished all night long and we haven't cut any, caught anything. And the man said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat. The problem with you is that you've been fishing all night, but you've been fishing on the wrong side of the boat. So Jesus, and we know that it was Jesus, they told him, he told them, cast your net on the right side. And when they cast their net on the right side, scripture says they got so many fish that the net started to break. Now, when they saw how many fish they had caught in, and, you know, the net get, getting ready to break, they knew that this man on the seashore was not just some ordinary man. They knew that he was their Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. So what happens now? Because they recognize who it was, and Peter got so excited, when he saw that he was Jesus, Scripture says he jumped overboard. He couldn't wait for the boat to row, be rowed to the shore. He jumped overboard because he wanted to be in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Why would Peter be the only one in the boat that was that excited? Why would Peter be the only one in the boat that would take such a drastic uh, thing? The scripture says he had been, you know, almost nude with his clothing and so on and so forth. And he jumps off into the water. Why? Because there was something going on inside of Peter that the other disciples could not identify with. 
there was something going on inside of Peter that he had a need that had to be fulfilled that they didn't know about. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Peter had a wounded heart. Peter had a wounded spirit because Peter knew that before the Lord had been crucified and rose from the dead, that Peter had denied him three times. It kept resonating in his spirit over and over and over again. He, he would dream about it at night. I know he would dream about it at night. And he would see himself around the fire warming himself. And he could hear the people asking him, well, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? And he remembers it at the last time he was asked that, that he denied it with cursing and sweating. And he said, I don't even know the man. And at that precise moment, Myra, he looked up and he saw Jesus being led out from Pilate's judgment hall. And when he looked Jesus in the face and he had just denied his Lord, he did not see condemnation. He didn't see anger. He didn't see, he saw nothing but tender love and compassion in his eyes. And he could not let go of that. The fact, the way that Jesus looked at him mm -hmm. after he had denied him, it just kept going through his spirit. So Peter had to have a come to Jesus moment with Jesus. That's one of the reasons that Jesus made sure that they had this meeting. Because before Jesus could ascend back to heaven to be with the Father, he had a particular job to do, and that was to bring Peter back into the fold. Because the disciples and everybody else knew that he had denied him. And I'm sure that in their heart, in their mind, they would think about it and say, you know, he was always so, so braggadocious. He was always talking about what he would do and what, what he wouldn't do. So the way that they looked at Peter had come down a little bit. You understand? They didn't look at him the way they used to look at him. So let's just go back to our text. When they got to the school, our shore, Jesus had a breakfast prepared for them. Lord, I, I love it. Because it said that he had broiled, he either broiled the fish or fried the fish. I think he probably broiled it. But he had broiled fish and baked bread waiting for them for breakfast. I, I can't even, I, I know that fish fried by Jesus and bread prepared by Jesus has got to taste better than any kind of fish or bread that I've ever tasted before. So they sat down and they ate. Okay, and they fellowship with one another. And, and Jesus was just, you know, talking with them. He wasn't, you know, giving any kind of instructions or anything. But as soon as the, mess, as the meal was over, Jesus took and turned all of his attention to Peter. He says, Peter, in effect, I gotta focus on you because I know that you're hurting on the inside. And I know that you think that there's no possible way that I can forgive you. And I know that you probably think there's no possible way that I can ever use you again. So Peter, 
What I'm going to do is I'm going to put all my attention on you. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to know that that's what God wants to do for each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. He wants to put all of his attention on you. He knows exactly what it is that you're going through on the inside. Amen. He knows your hurt. He knows Michael's pain. He knows everything that we're going through, the doubts and the fears and all that. And Jesus wants us to know. He said, don't get bent out of shape about it because I got all of my focus on you. I'm getting ready to do something. I'm getting ready to do something in your life. But before I can do what I need to do in your life, I need to put you to the service test. Before I can do with you what I want to do with you in your life, I'm going to put you to the service test. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? I'm talking about you're being willing to serve me and to follow me and do what I'm asking you to do. Are you going to pass the service test? So you said, what is the service test? The first test that you got to set, part of the first, first mm, service test is the test of love. The first part of the service test is the test of love. Amen. God says, in order for you to be used by me, you got to pass mm. the love test. Yes. Mm. You got to pass the love. So what does he say to Peter? He says, son Peter, son of Jonah, okay, do you love me more than these? And I want you to know, my brothers and sisters in Christ, you know the story because I preached on this before, but God is going to take us a little different today. But when he used the word love, he used the word agape. He used the highest level of love. So he's saying to Peter, Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me with the highest level of love? And I, I often wonder, why would you come against him so hard, Lord? Why would you come against him and say, do you I mean, that's a hard answer to say, yes, Lord, I love you with the agape love. I love you with, with the God kind of love. I love you with the highest level of love. God says, I had to do him like that because Peter had an issue in his life. Mm -hmm. And the issue in his life was that Peter had a braggadocious spirit. Peter was quick-tempered. Peter was outspoken. And Peter was always bragging on himself. You remember when Jesus told the disciples that he was going to go into Jerusalem and be put to death? Who was it that spoke up and said, Lord, if everybody denies you and all this other kind of stuff, I'll never deny you and all of this. And Jesus said, before the cock crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. Jesus had to reveal to Peter what was inside of Peter. In order to pass the service test, you got to know what's inside of you. Yes, Lord. So he said to Peter, do you love me more than these? What is God doing? God is trying to show Peter, and he's going to try to show some of you this morning, that Peter had a self-exaltation spirit. Yes, Lord. 
A self-exaltation spirit. You know what that is? That's a spirit that's always exalting himself. Amen. A spirit who's always talking about how good he is, or what he can do, or what he can. He had a prideful spirit. And God wants you to see something about a person with a prideful spirit. So turn in your Bibles to Matthew 23. You know you're going to have to turn somewhere. Matthew 23, verse 12. Peter had a self-exaltation spirit. He had a spirit where he was always lifting himself up. And God said, you can't be my servant and have that kind of spirit. Turn to Matthew 23, 12. You have to speak to me, Lord. Yes, Lord. Everybody got it? Yes. Now, I need you to look at this. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. God says, I have to humble you, great. I got to bring you down to a place where you know that you are not God in your life, that I'm God. God said, I got to humble you, Brennan, so that you know that I am the one that will provide all your needs according to my riches and glory. If you walk around always talking about what you can do, what you've accomplished, what you've been able to do or get in your own strength, God said, if you exalt yourself, i got to bring you down. Yes, because there's no way that I can use you in my service. I can use you in my ministry if you're always lifting yourself up. Because the only people that are to be lifted up is other people in Almighty God. Yes, Lord. Come on. Do you see that? Yes. yes. Peter had a self-exaltation spirit. Peter says, told the Lord, if everybody denies you, I'll never deny you. God says, I've got to do something because I want to use you. So what I'm going to ask you, do you love me with the God kind of love? With this great love that you say that you have? Well, God says before he can re be honest with that answer, there's something else that he needs to show you about Peter. So turn to Luke 18, 11. I'm not going to keep you long today. Amen. Luke 18, 11. What else would the Lord self-exaltation spirit do? What else will a prideful spirit do in your life? God wants you to know that he cannot deal, he cannot work with someone that has a prideful spirit. A person that is always looking at themselves and how great they are and how low everybody else is. Look at Luke 18, 11. You got it? Yeah. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Robbers and evildoers and adulterers are even like this tax collector. Y'all know the story. There was a tax collector and a Pharisee that was praying to God. The tax collector got up there and was bragging about what he was and what he was. Lord, I'm so glad that I'm so holy and I'm so righteous. I, I tithe all of my income and I go to prayer meeting three times a week and I'm in church every Sunday. Lord, I'm so glad I'm not like that uh, uh, sinner over there. Okay, the adulterers and robbers and Pride will keep you from being able to see your own sin. Yeah. Yeah. 
Pride will keep you. He couldn't see his sin, but he could see what other people were doing. Do you see that? Yes. yes Lord. Do you see that? God says, how can I use you to minister to other people when all you can do is see what's wrong with them, but you can never see what's wrong with you? Amen. Do you understand that? Yes. God wants you to know that he cannot deal with people that have prideful or self-exaltation spirit. So he had to bring Peter down a page. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ that are belong to redeeming love, you know that we're doing a series through 1 Peter. Remember? We're doing a series through 1 and 2 Peter and all the wonderful things that we've been taught by what Peter ministered to. This is the same Peter mm -hmm. that God is talking to right Amen. here. It's not a different Peter. It's the same Peter that God is talking to right here. But before he could get Peter to the place where he could minister and write First and Second Peter and be a, a pastor and so, he had to bring Peter down. Peter. Yes. He says, Peter, I want you to know that I got work to do in you. And I think one of the things that may have hurt Peter more, and I think it's something that may hurt some of you more, Jesus did not reprimand him in secret. Mm -hmm. yes. He corrected him in front of all his own groups. He didn't correct him in secret. This Peter that walked around and talked about he was this and that and all this other kind of stuff, he corrected him in front of his own groups. Now all of you that are men in here, and the young ladies and women too, you don't want to be brought down in front of your friends. If I'm going to bring you down, take me over in the private. Do it privately just between me and you. Mm -hmm. Why didn't Jesus do this with Peter privately? Why didn't Jesus do this? Why would he recommend him in front of all of his homeboys? Because he had to let them know that he had forgiven them. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. He had to let them know that he still was going to choose to use him. He wanted Peter to be a leader among these men. But how could he be a leader among the men if they knew that he had sinned, but he had never confessed his sin and repented? Amen. Amen. How can you be a leader of other people when you're not honest? With what you're doing yes, Lord. in the inside yes, yourself. Uh -huh. Yes. You gotta be honest with yourself. Yes. You gotta be honest. And one thing I like about this question that Jesus asked Peter was it was an open-ended question. He says, Simon, son of Jonah, or Peter, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Now that's an open-ended question. Because the more that these can entail anything. Mm -hmm. Do you love me more than the rest of these disciples do? That could be one of the more than these. Do you love me more than your fishing boat and, and you know, your, your uh, livelihood and your... Do you love me more than these? And God is letting you know that whenever you want to be used by Him, mm. He has got to become more important yes. in your life. Yes. 
yes. than anybody and anything else. Amen. Do you love me more than, look, do you copy me? And when Peter said, Lord, you're not going to get me that, uh-uh, no, you're not going to trap me because I know I failed before. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rise to that challenge and say that I got you. Mm -hmm. I feel like you. I love you like a friend. I can't admit, I can't say that I got you. I gotta be honest. This is where God wanted Peter to get. Right. Be honest with yourself. Don't try and say that you love me and you want to serve me more than you actually do on the inside. Amen. God said, I can use you when you admit where you are. You because then I can bring you a little bit higher. But if you already got yourself up here, there's no place else for me to take you to. Uh -uh. The only thing I can do is let you fall because you're not where you think you are. Do you love me? Do you got it? Lord, you know that I feel it of you. And Jesus says to him, feed my lambs. Notice the first one that God tells him. Feed my lambs. Now the lambs are the who? Lambs are the who? <laughs> lambs are the who? All right, God, and, and somebody's going to say the answer. What? Who are the lambs? Yeah. Kind of technically. The lambs are the babies. Lambs are the children. Notice, and look at the, read the text and take the text. First he starts off with lambs, then he goes to sheep. Okay? So we are all considered sheep. But he starts off with Peter saying, feed the lambs. And I imagine Peter said, oh no, you've got to be kidding me. Because feeding the babies and teaching and training the babies, that's the mother's job. That's woman's work. That's women's work. You, you want me to degrade myself and to start teaching and ministering to little children? But what does God tell us in Proverbs 22.6? You can turn to it, but I'm going to recite it for you. It says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, yes, he shall not depart from yes, it. Well, I like the way the NIV puts it also. It says, start children off on the way they should go, yes. and even when they are old, they will not yes. turn from it. Yes. So God is letting Peter know, in the ministry that I'm giving you, you cannot choose and decide who it is you're going to minister to. Because first he tells him, feed my lambs. Then the next time he asks him the same question, do you love me? He says to him, care for my sheep. Now the sheep are the adults, the grown people, the people that have gotten older. Then the next time he says to him, Feed my sheep. First he starts off with feed my lambs. Last he ends with feed my sheep. In the middle he says care for. But that means all of them. God is saying as a minister, as a child of God, don't think you can walk around picking and choosing 
who it is that you can minister to. That's right. No, this group is not for me. This this person Thank is you. not for Thank me. You. The, the, these are old people. These are too young people. These are too much of a sinner. These are too much of a whoremonger. These are too... That's right. God says, Peter, I'm giving you a ministry that is to be all-inclusive. Do you see that? That is to be all-inclusive. And God is saying the same thing to each of us this morning. That he wants us to learn how to talk to anybody and everybody about the saving power of Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Simon Peter, son of Jonah, do you love me? Do you agape me? He asked him twice that. And Peter answered, Lord, you know I feel it in you. The last time, and everybody knows this because this is the one I love. The last time he asked him, he didn't ask him, do you agape me? He said, do you feel it in me? I'll come down to where you are. Mm -hmm. I started off up here. Do you agape me? You can't say that you do because you haven't grown to that place yet. Mm -hmm. But at least you can say you love me like a friend. Jesus says that I can use you starting there. Hallelujah. I can use you starting there. That you at least can say I love you. Yes. The love may not have grown to the point mm -hmm. that it was when he wrote first Peter because we know when he wrote first Peter there's some heavy stuff in there. But he had to grow from Philia to a godly love. Yes, Lord. I praise God this morning that God took the time to restore Peter back into the fold. Yes. And God wants you to know that if you have stepped out of the fold in any kind of way, that's the same thing that he wants to do yes. for you this morning, whether you're on Facebook or you'll listen on YouTube later or whatever, that God wants to bring you back because God wants to use you. Amen. God said, you got to pass the service test. The service test is how much do you love me? And the second part of the service test is are you willing to go where I ask you to go? Yes, Are you willing to minister to the people that I ask you to minister to? Thank you, Lord. Do you love me? God is asking you this morning. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love him great? Do you agape him? Yes. Or do you feel ill again? David, do you agape him? Or do you feel ill again? Start where you are. Don't be ashamed of where you are. Say, Lord, this is where I am. I give myself to you. And I ask you to shape and to mold me so that you can use me in the way that you see fit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Any questions, comments? I know it's not Bible study, but you know. <laughs> Let us pray. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Do you agape me? Yes. Do you love me more than these? What are the these in your life that are hindering you? from doing what God has called you to do. Do you love him more than your children? Do you love him more than your spouse? Do you love him more than your job? 
Do you love him more than your wealth? Do you love him more than your homeboys? How much do you love him? God wants to put you to the service test so that he can use you. Father, I thank you for this message and yeah. I hope and pray that it has touched someone's heart. Yeah. Because yes, our Savior has risen from the dead, but that's not the end of the story. Next week we get back into 1 Peter, and I think it's just so appropriate that we see this Peter here this morning before we see the strong Peter yeah. that we'll see this writing the, the series that we're going through. We love you, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says, Amen. Amen. Our invitational hymn.